When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. Before we start the show, I got to remind everybody that our BCC holiday live stream event is December 9th at 9 p.m. at popclounge.com. It's featuring special guest Betsy Sidaro, Sun Eaters, the band that does our theme music, plus some fun surprises. Tickets are on sale right now at popclounge.com. The link is in our bio on Instagram and Twitter. There are limited VIP passes available for meet and greets after the show with Bryce. And now you can also sign up to see me, Michael, or Riley. We were both Mm -hmm. added for those meet and greets. And they'll be individual, not as a group. So you get to pick your favorite BCC boy you want to hang out with. So the live show is December 9th at 9 p.m. Eastern. It's a Friday night at popsylounge.com. Come celebrate the holiday season with your BCC boys. All right. Now it's time for the show. It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce, Michael, and Ivy. I know a story of high strangeness or two. <laughs> Let's do this. Hey everybody, welcome to... Bigfoot Collectors Club. Welcome back to the Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm your host, Bryce Johnson. With me always is your co-host, Michael McMillan. And our ultra-terrestrial producer, <laughs> Riley Bray. Yeah! What's up, guys? You're probably going, what's going on? This is a little different. Well, you're right. This is Oops All Bryce. All right. You asked for it. <laughs> We're giving it to you. Uh, how are you guys doing? Doing good. Uh, Just- I'm- scrambled in from work <laughs> just literally walked in the door ready to rock nice nice okay chit chat up top good okay wait uh, wait wait, no. wait wait you can't wait. say chit chat up top you just do okay. chit chat up top okay, okay. <laughs> i i'm i'm all i also feel like Stepping in. i feel like it's not okay for me to say wait 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 so Girl, that's my first not allowed we, we have that's to warm. cover th- we have to cover the ground rules here for me, not for Bryce. Oh, okay. okay Let's just remind it. everybody what's happening is that we told Bryce that he was going to run his own episode before the end of the year. It was going to be called Oops All Bryce. Yeah. And he's in charge of the whole episode, the whole script. I haven't seen anything. I'm not allowed to micromanage, which I'm already doing a bad job technically of. doing yeah i dropped a little bomb on mike bef- right before so, we started we'll, we'll we let do, you in a little later we do, no we i think we have to talk about it now <laughs> why okay sure we're not so, gonna need it don't worry about it okay but i swear i saw on the bigfoot calendar that you were doing a high strangeness tonight <laughs> Bryce, why would i be doing high strangeness on the oops all bryce episode well, I don't know. That's, it, it, I was curious about that, too, because I thought we had had a conversation that well, I would do it. But yes, I saw I that calendar, do- and the calendar is God. <laughs> no, well, I went to the calendar moments before, and the calendar says, literally says, <laughs> Bryce. Are you calling me a liar? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pull it up right now. Well, it doesn't uh, matter. Let's. It I says, it says Bryce High Strangeness <laughs> and full episode script. And Bryce, is, Bryce said to that, okay, great. I don't have a high strangeness. We'll be fine. <laughs> All right. I'm excited. Great. This is going to be great. Guys, we're All not right. going to need it. We're not going to need it. And I'll tell you why. All right. Here we go. I learned early on from my mother that if you don't do something right, you probably are not going to be asked to do it again. In her case... <laughs> It was me putting away the dishes. I did a shitty job, and she never asked me to do it again. Lesson learned. Let's see if Oops All Bryce has the same effect on Michael. Now, (laughs) I want to take this opportunity to thank 
Michael, and Riley for all of the countless hours of hard work that they do creating the wonderful podcast uh, that you're listening to right He's now. He's buttering us up. Thanks. Thank yeah, you. buttering you up. But mm-hmm. let's let, let's jump let's jump right in. Also, did I hear a bird? For you, did I hear a bird in the background? Was that a parrot? I don't know. I did hear something, but birds are cool. <laughs> um, birds are if cool. there is a parrot on this episode, I will be thrilled. I'm just saying. That. <laughs> I no, I don't have a parrot. I got something better than a parrot because I have an ace up my sleeve. Now, not too long ago, while I was working on Expedition Bigfoot, I had the pleasure of meeting. Uh, one of the most interesting individuals I've met, and he was just radiating this aura, and I knew I wanted to get to know him a little bit better. Well, let me tell you guys, my instincts were right, because not only did our next guest serve our country, but he died for it as well. Kind of. Let's let him explain for himself. Ladies and gentlemen, Bigfoot Club Scouts of all timelines, please welcome to the show, Newton Ward. Hey, Newton, what's going on, man? Hello, good evening, ghouls and gals. <laughs> hey, right. I like it. <laughs> good, exactly. good. Newton, thanks so for being good. here, and thanks for being here on a wild night. Exactly, You're, exactly. No problem. Beautiful this Friday. Is gonna, this is going to be a beautiful Friday, Newton. Why don't we? Why don't we just kind of start with? Uh, I guess how how we met, and um, yeah, let's start there. Well, I mean, at the time you met me, I was. Uh, just getting in with that new crew and I was doing some PA stuff and then got promoted basically to camera assistant for the last few weeks. And yeah, that was the Bigfoot. We were doing pickups in the Alaska, what was it? Uh, the Alaska house, right. That we had to make. Mm, yeah. A lot of good fun and tracking down Bigfoot in the woods. And I rem- I remember one, I remember one lunch we were all talking and I, I think we, we were talking about the military and who had served and, you know, we're just audio for those who don't, who can't see Newton. He didn't really have the appearance of a, of a, of an ex soldier in my eyes, but when he raised his hand and, 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 and said, you know, he was a Marine, I was kind of my, my jaw kind of was like oh no way get the hell out of here well like looks uh, could be deceiving with marines totally. uh, in order to survive as a marine too i mean look we see him all the time in the movies right They're usually big and yoked but in order to sustain that in, act- in an actual battlefield or in training you need uh, a lot more water and a lot more calorie intakes while you're burning six thousand calories per day mm. so it's tougher you'll see a lot of uh, slender shorter um uh, skinnier ones too but that's what it takes to do a 25 mile hump Man, tell wow. tell, uh, Newton, so, tell us about yeah. Go ahead, Michael. I was just going to ask. I I I apologize if I missed it. What were you? What did you do on Expedition Bigfoot with Bryce? Well, I started off as PA, and then I was camera assistant. And I did some of the lighting too, tweaking it to make sure we had you know uh, some good highlights, uh, some cakes, some fill, backlight, all that in the woods and inside the Alaskan house that we had you know put up. So you're out yeah, there with you're you're doing the trekking through on the hunts with everybody. In a sense, yeah, we're trekking to that set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the hike. <laughs> oh yeah. So Newton, 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 tell us about how your mm-hmm. your your service in the military because as as I as I intro you up here, you have quite an incredible story to tell. Um, yeah, I guess in your own well. words, man, just sort of. Uh, I guess start wherever you'd like and 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 walk us through of course, your, yeah. your story, Newton. It's a wild one, but um, yeah. So it, it all had to do with basically of well, I did live a party life at first. You know, I was very young, nineteen uh, twenties, all that. And then with all the mortarmans, which is a, a base plate with the tube and a tripod legs, basically, I'm launching high explosives, white phosphorus, red phosphorus, and smoke grenades and. Being a like I think 125 pounds or 130 pounds, it you know it it just echoed through my body and my system. So after a while, so many of that in training purposes and everything, um, kind of just ruptured and it didn't you know my body kind of gave out a few years later when I was outside of the military, which was terrible mm. obviously. But yeah, all that and then not to mention my ears. Since as a mortarman, you're even though you know what's it called uh, we're our ears are about six to 12 inches away from the base plate and uh, tube Jeez. as it's going off. So yeah, people ask if we have uh, those um, earplugs and stuff, but uh, if you've looked in the news, 3M is being still being sued after a whole decade because they Damn. gave us, you know, crappy little rubber ones. And 
Wow. You only get those big uh, headsets when you're on artillery, uh, um, you know, which is a lot more bigger and powerful. But with these other ones, you know, they give you just little, little rubber rubber beads or pellet things to put in your ear, and that's about it. So That's crazy. Yeah. It's the wildest thing. And, uh, you know, you'd think uh, we'd be taking care of our military, you know, in better ways, especially with all the money that we get from other countries and, you know, our tax help from our, you know, our citizens here and our, you know, our federal government. But it's just not the case. Hmm. That sucks. <laughs> So, so have you have you suffered hearing loss then, or are you? Are oh you yeah, yeah. Bryce knows. Like uh, when I lean in to talk to people, and you know, on the outside, uh, kind of lean in like a dog because my left ear only works. The right ear is fully blown and gone. They try to put steroid treatment shots in there, and you know, it just gave way completely. Whoa. But I mean, so, that's the small part, right? Okay. Yeah, Newton. Newton yeah. Tell us, tell us what happened a few years after you got out of the military. Yeah, exactly. All right, so I'm 34 right now. This happened when I was 23. This was about 2012-ish, mid, around June. And I was just leaving my friend's place, and I actually was completely sober, too. I was taking care of my body, so I thought. And then after I left, I took about 20 paces outside, and I collapsed. I felt a rupture, a pop, a tear, like near the heart area, which is very strange. You know, you don't really actually feel any even if you have palpitations you don't feel it like in that sense because it's not exactly um that type of muscle that we feel or skin being torn outside where we get cut or something because we always feel that but inside this is something that shouldn't happen and doesn't happen unless you're about 50 years old but it happened Mm. to me and i was about the youngest person in america to actually go through it uh one out of ten million they said would go through this and survive it too which was even rarer yeah so wow. I had the option of, you know, um, felt like I was bleeding out. But then again, I was still young, right? 23. Thought I was Superman, you know. So I get up, feel that. It's the strangest feeling ever. I go to my car, end up uh, getting in. And at the time I was smoking cigarettes. Uh, I did not want to smoke any cigarettes while I was driving home. I had the windows rolled down, no music playing. And I could have went to my apartment and just collapsed, died within sleep, because oh. right now I'm bleeding out internally Jesus. Uh, with my heart there. And uh, so I drive to my parents' place. They told me I had parallel parked the car, which is surprising, too, because I was in and out, you know, like literally death door type of stuff. I uh, don't remember much of that drive. I was stuck on the I-5, I remember, which bothered the living crap out of me. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Wow. like traffic everywhere yeah getting and, getting stuck on the i5 on a good day <laughs> sucks <laughs> when you're like oh, yeah, literally yeah. bleeding internally <laughs> yeah now yeah. did you know did you you obviously knew it was bad but did you like know like oh fuck i'm dying or were you just trying to like power was adrenaline taking over were you powering through it what was going well, on i've been through moment? a lot of like scary situations you know and yeah right. adrenaline was always a key factor in my life with uh the training and all the stuff that i had to go through too so thought it was just you know a strange thing i've had strange occurrences happen before but this one was you know definitely different and i'm glad i took other precautions instead of just being that young kid that i was at the time and just shrugging it off i know i went to my parents i collapsed there and that's where my father took me to the hospital and as i was you know going into the hospital too I'm, i'm in and out again i only see like snippets uh and so I was in the waiting room and I tried getting uh, these different um, tests being done too. And at the time, these people at the hospital thought I was just a 23 year old seeking uh, opiates or Percocets, you know, well, and I understood yes. that completely because, uh, yes. you know, <laughs> young, you want to party, you want to live it up to the fullest. But as I'm there, um, I'm blacking out again. It's like four hours pass by. They finally do some type of CT scan and other scans near the heart. And they realize that it's a aorta uh, tear, an aortic dissection, which is Yikes. like one of the worst for men. You know, we go through a lot of heart related issues, but this one is like the holy grail of it because oh. it's in a spot where it's almost unreachable, especially in the time you usually bleed out in 10 to 20 minutes. But I'm going on four hours plus. God. Oh my God. <laughs> the total went to actually eight hours too, but we'll get to that in a second. So as I'm, yeah. I'm, as I'm there, what? 
I was just going to say, keep going. Yeah. We're, we're speechless. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's completely unreal. And uh, so I'm, I'm in the waiting room. And finally, some of those doctors, you know, that they did the uh, the scans and everything, they actually did not want to work on me. Anyone in that hospital, I don't have the, the papers on me right now, but I forgot which one it was in uh, Orange County that I was at. But uh, it was way above them. And they had to fly in uh, a professional surgeon. I remember he was like a... A biker too, you know, motorcyclist, really cool, and they no pick way. him up on a helicopter. You know, like this guy. Of guy's course, living in of Beverly course, this Hills. surgeon is the coolest guy. You know, <laughs> it's, like doctor, it's like Doctor yeah. Strange. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I work with my down. hands. Like, hold hold on, we have to open up a portal to the Sanctum Sanctorum for this guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's coming in, in from Greenwich Village. Oh yeah. yes, of course, yeah. So, you know, they fly him in and. uh this is where things get a little, even, you know, it's just like, it's like a movie almost playing out in, in front of me because none of them, remember, they, they did not want to work on me. It would mess up their report, you know, of them, them saving lives, this and that. And maybe they just didn't have it up to par with that, mm. uh, with the skills, you know. So he walks in through the front and I see all the nurses while I'm in and out and, and the doctors too. They're making like a line, two parting waves, you know, like in a sea where he's just walking through and everyone's just bowing down with their head and, you know, their hands. And I'm like, yeah, is is this, is this guy a prophet? What is this? (laughs) Yeah. Coming to save the day. You're like, okay, maybe I'm in good hands. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, this is, uh, where it escalates, you know, and I get the bad news, which I'm already dealing with bad news, but I mean, to add on to it, compounding it, uh, he's saying that, my options are either it's first off, it's a 5% chance of like uh, survival on Jesus. any, on any basis, which we're, I'm not a gambling man, but I know that's like basically 0%, you know, we're right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was just sugarcoating it in a sense. So he says, you can either die in the waiting room or you might die in the operating room. And I'm like, well, let's give it a shot with the operating room. Cause I'm too young, you know? Wow. And yes, from that point on, Everything else was recited to me by the doctors and, you know, my parents that were there, too, because the information from that point on was where I ended up flatlining for a little over two minutes. And uh, my heart rate went through, what was it, about 250 over 180. Uh, It was just up and down, up and down. And uh, they had to do this... uh, you know when you see corpses, right? You see the T shape where they drill in, they take out all the appendixes and yeah. stuff like that. Well, yeah. for my situation, since I was alive and I needed to be fully functioning after that, if I were to survive, they had to break all of my ribs and use a bone saw oh, to get my. in and pry yeah. out my heart, put that on ice, um, then uh, make another suture near a main artery down on my right leg, you know, near the groin. Yeah, uh, to put a mechanical heart to keep mimicking the heartbeat and pumping the blood through this uh, metallic system. Yeah, so, <laughs> so you're like, it- <laughs> oh, go ahead, Michael. I was like, you're RoboCop at this point. Like mm-hmm. you're just a exactly. cyborg. I've said that many times. Exactly. Yeah. Newton, new, uh, this is really hard to listen to. Is it hard to talk about? No, I mean, this is why. Uh, uh, for me, when I've you've heard of me with uh, comedy and yeah. joking and stuff, and yep, yep. the reason you know, when I knew you worked on a uh, Death Valley uh, acting for that, that actually was one of the shows that when I was uh, on bed rest, and I I love uh, dark comedy and dark uh, aspects of it, black comedy, all that satire. So that actually, those types of shows did help me a lot too, because I'd rather <laughs> laugh at death than fucking. You know, hell yeah, man. Let it beat me up mentally like that. So, awesome. you know, embrace it. You know, yeah. And it's not always going to be pretty, life, dude. Sucks. So, Newton, I've known you now for seventeen minutes and thirteen seconds, and I think maybe <laughs> you're the bravest guy I've ever met. Fucking like, a right, dude. It's yeah. wild. Take, yeah. Newton, take us back to the to the yeah, flat yeah. line. To course. the flat line. What what happens after yeah. that? So they're working on it on ice, the heart, and they put a, a synthetic uh, nylon attachment to the aorta. The aorta is what? The main valve, as we know, right? Main right. valve that cranks blood to our heart. So that was the thing that tore open. Not exactly my heart. My heart is still good to go, but they had to put this synthetic nylon strap around it. And that thing, 
um, if you look it up, it actually, I was sketch about it too, but it actually fuses your body parts right there together and you can live up to like 80, 90, 100, you know, and even Einstein died from what I had too, about four weeks later, but because he was born wow. at a different time, that aortic dissection killed him off in five weeks. Damn. It's unreal. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so... They end up patching me up, and I was in three days in a coma. Uh, my father, who was a professional photographer and colorist, only took one picture of me because it was too much to deal with for him. You know, he, mm-hmm. my, his only son, his only child, actually. So that was, you know, something else. And my mother is there, too. She made sure she brought in all my friends that were there. You know, the real ones showed up, of, of course. And then the other people that weren't there is what it is. You know, we're young. Some people yeah. are there, some people aren't. And, you know, we yeah. learn from that and we move on. But the real ones that were there, you know, I've known them for maybe 15 years or 10 years, eight years, and they're still here in my life. Wow. So it's good to have those types of people in your corner. You know? So yeah. when you're in the coma, you hear stories of people being like, I could hear you. I knew I, I could hear you when I was there. Do you have any memories of being in the coma? Oh, yeah, I do, which is for me, it was in- insane. See, I know what um, the that uh, what's it called? Um, it's the near the drug. Near that, exp- oh, sorry. Well, the drug that releases your the brain chemicals right when you're just uh, about methyltryptamine, to die. something DMT. like that, right? Yeah, DMT exactly. Yeah. See, I knew what was happening with that uh, that part of uh, fading in, but then a- after that tapered off is where like I went into uh, not a trippy realm where it just became reality for me. And those mm. of those three days, it felt like three weeks for me. So I was there for quite Whoa. some time losing my shit on reality. But, you know, I had to deal with it. Yeah. So walk us through this, 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 I guess, realm, for lack of a better word, that, well, that you're in. <laughs> oh, oh, go ahead, Michael. Well, I was going to say, can we start even with the DMT flooding that you were aware of? And then, like, take us through well, each step. It, yeah, I was a little confused by that. Newton, you said you said was this a drug they gave you or no? It's an actually uh, a natural drug in our brain and okay, our body. Okay, yeah. So, so you felt that yeah, we've done a whole episode on DMT, and so but you felt that it was it was this rush of DM your own DMT that was that, that was sort of giving you this altered state of consciousness while you're in your coma. Yeah, because it was funky yeah. outer body uh, experience type thing, and it could have also been you know some drip that they gave me too of pain meds and killers too that totally. led me into that. And uh, for, I mean, for that one, it was like clearly obvious that it was just deranged, uh, crazy dream type uh, scape where my head was uh, like on not exactly on a plate. I couldn't see it like that, but uh, for me, I. I was not able to move uh, and people were working around me and all around me and everything too. And I actually thought I was for some reason in a, in a Walmart of all places. Whoa. (laughs) It was a strange one. So like on a Walmart shelf, like you were sitting on a shelf. Yeah. I was in the back, back room. Like we know where they have like a, uh, the janitorial area or something, you know, or uh, where they have the medications and stuff. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, I know. can see a hospital kind of has a back room of yeah. Walmart kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. Walmart stock room feel yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, without a doubt. But I just after- like this idea of you being conscious, consciously aware of like, okay, here comes the DMT flooding out of my brain. <laughs> Listen, That's the sign that I'm dying. Too. <laughs> you know Still have I mean? yet to black out. I've always remembered everything, and I, I love remembering everything too. I'd rather not forget things, even if. It sucks, you know. I'd rather take that and keep moving and learn from my mistakes too. I don't know. It could just be that I was born like that too, where I just my mind is always like that. Also, the reason why I survived too was with this body that I have, I have triple the amount of white blood cells than most people. It's one of those things out of millions, which is why my body didn't bleed out in twenty minutes. I bled out for eight hours so my body was literally patching and patching out of those 14 blood transfusions too i got hepatitis b from one of the bags too but and a coma too uh pneumonia too and when i woke up they said you know like a week later they were like no your body just completely eradicated the hep hep b you know and i was like what the hell you know that's where they took some more blood samples on me too and they you know told me how many uh white blood cell count i have which usually means that you you'd have cancer at that age. But for me, 
it worked in a different way uh, to be utilized and have a purpose. <sighs> wow. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And while I was, this is the weirdest part too. I mean, they're all weird parts for my stuff, but um, I'm on bed rest, right? And I'm supposed to be on bed rest for basically about six years. So I miss out on all my 20s after that. Now I'm 34, right? So I'm living my second mm. life. Drake said, YOLO, you only live once. <laughs> He was wrong about that shit. <laughs> My second. <laughs> but yeah, so five weeks later on bed rest is where I'm uh I'm just reading IMDB reviews and I'm you know I'm already there just you know relaxing, going through it. It's intense, crazy, the pains, the feels all over my body, shooting pains. It's it's insane. I wish that on no one. Mm. But so I'm reading reading those IMDB reviews, and then all of a sudden, as I'm reading it, English just begins to fade away. And my heart rate starts going up. So I'm thinking, oh, my God, is this like another heart attack or some more BS? And uh, I was with my parents. I had lost, you know, everything. So I lost five things in one month. My girlfriend, my car, my job, my apartment, my life. So I'm back at square one with no money. And I'm at my parents' place. And that's when uh, a stroke takes on me. So I'm feeling all this heat going. And I'm in so much pain already that my heart is just going through yet again and the one thing the one natural thing i wanted to say and scream out and bellow out was help me mom you know or something like that and i couldn't even say those words which brought tears to my eyes like the one communication tool to get to your family the ones that you love and you can't even do that so i said shit fuck piss bitch shit like that (laughs) apparently when you're having a stroke those types of curse words are ingrained into our brain, I found out, from uh, a neuroscience guy, uh, doctor, wow. that helped me out with that later. <clears throat> so I had to relearn how to walk and talk again because they said the stroke was a, like a level 31 out of 34, which is pretty fucking high. Mm. So I was basically a paraplegic, and so I'm dealing with that again five weeks later Jeez. in the hospital. And I'm like, you know, a lot of people have always asked me, too, why didn't you give up what? Or, you know, did you ever think about it? And it's like, of course, I thought some dark thoughts, too. But at the same time, I love my life, no matter how hard and disgusting it's gotten and, you know, trials and tribulations I've had to deal with. I still love this life that I've been, you know, given whatever mystical being or entity or aliens, you know, is out there. I'm grateful for it. So I'm not going to piss away my life like that. I'll fight it no matter what. Yeah, and, and then you were given a body that was like, no, I'm going to f- help you fight this. You oh, know? Yeah. yeah, I'm going to fight this no matter. God, yeah, life is crazy like that. So, wow. yeah, I have that stroke. I learned how to walk again. I'm crawling around like a little baby. You know, it took me a few months for that, too. And learning the whole English language, it was there, right? I can understand people in my head. I couldn't read or write or speak, though. That's so that was wild. Something. Yeah, that's wild. Whoa. How long did that last? That was like another like three months type of situation. Even still, I was a bit Whoa. shaky with walking too um, and all that. And and actually, the the speech part took me like about a whole year to get it fully back too. I had some uh, slight stutters and uh, you know missteps with speaking, or it was like grabbing words out of the sky, thin blue air. You know, like you just. You know that what that word is that you're trying to acquire and put into you know your sentence and structure and all that, but it's just mm. it doesn't come easy. You know, it's uh, well, I don't know, to, I don't know, Newton. Born. A lot of a lot of people listening to this podcast right now are saying, I think he's describing Michael and Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> could be, could be. Who knows? Newton, I want I want to sort of this is so just I want to get to that <clears throat> space where 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 you yeah, flatlined yeah. and and you told of me course. that that you had you you had remembered basically you thought you were dead at that point but you were yeah, you were the- passing you were passing through but you were conscious can you can you talk to us about that experience of I guess let's call it what it is your near death experience yeah yeah of course without a doubt this was uh those three days that felt like three weeks right so Mm -hmm. with this i mean this is where my body or my orb my entity where i was like awoken up in this and it was like a as above so below type place for me yes um i did not pass fully through 
whatever this realm was. And uh, I can tell that this was completely different because everything became a reality here. And it, it did really make sense too. But so if you I mean was everything, being, every, everything hmm. in the, in, in the, what do you mean everything became a reality? Like this, the, the reality that we exist in or the, or the, pl- the, the plane yeah, like that you our were consciousness entering. right now, right here, we know this is our reality. We're dealing with it on a day to day basis. This suddenly right. became my reality where I was dealing with it on a minute to daily basis, you know? Mm-hmm. So for me, I understood this and, you know, I was like, well, you know, life, life shit already. Well, I'm going to take this one on too. So I'm being transported basically for lack of better terms. This is, uh, you know, um, uh, what is it? Uh, they say, uh, when you're in that, I put a limbo, right? Mm-hmm. That's basically where, yeah, my, my body, my entity, my soul, whatever have you, you know, that's where I was. And, I was on a bus and all the people that were around me in the hospital where I just flatlined, they were kind of relatively on the same bus, but not moving at all and not saying anything. It was like uh, avatars that were not awoken yet in this realm. And they were the closest ones around me. So I could tell that they were in and out depending on how far they were away from my body. It felt like, um, and you know, in this, in this realm that we're in right now. So it was uh, touch and go on that one because on the outside of where I was looking on this transportation device thing that I was on, uh, I can hear people screaming. I could see, uh, you know, uh, disgusting things, you know, uh, some stabbing, some rapes, some, a lot of, uh, criminal activity, uh, hmm. people up to no good, you know, beings up to no good. So like on so, the bus with you or are you I looking see it outside? Yeah. Outside the, outside it, it, it the was bus. terrible. Yeah. It was so this like is not, hell this, on earth type of situation. This is not the typical like, oh, white light, loving hands. Uh, no, not yet. Right. Not yet. Not yet. So you're wow. on a okay. transport system basically moving through what people would describe as a living hell. Yeah. Oh, outside yeah. Outside the window. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They oh, have God. not passed go. They haven't collected $200 yet, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> well, kind so. of them to put you at least put you on some transport device, so they're like you don't have to walk oh through this God. part. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, God. yeah. You know, I was very grateful for that too. I was like, fuck, I've already you know done a lot of twenty five mile humps. Thank you for like at least giving me <laughs> these wheels. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you have a sense that Ooh, what uh, you were seeing was like other people's lives ending? Is that is that what that seemed lives like? ending or? Um, you know, when the people we've heard in the past and other people, too, of uh, living their, you know, last moments or what they've done over and over, being uh, stuck in that, you know, oh, on a daily shit. basis type You're of stuff. So, the violence replays. that people inflicted on people. Yeah. They're stuck in that loop of violence that they've inflicted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, the, so the hell wow. that they created, they're, they're living in a sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you think that has something to do with ghosts, that replaying of trauma? Like, do you think it leaves oh, an imprint yeah. in our physical world and maybe that's what people are seeing as ghosts? Oh, without a doubt, too. I mean, we've all, um, you know, we've heard things go bump in the night, a lot of us, and some people try to switch it off, right? But I like to listen to, uh, you know, I'm here for it. Give yeah. me your best shot. Uh, but this one, I. You know, I didn't really want this <laughs> shot, but I had to deal with it anyway. So what happens uh, after you're on the bus? Where are you going? What happens next? I arrive. Uh, so at this point, I'm arriving to one of three locations. Again, everything's going to be falling into basically threes at this uh, point after I sold you three days in a coma. Three weeks, uh, it felt like that I was there. And now I'm going to be going through three different types of realms. Whoa. And uh, yeah, and also, to add on that, too, before I forget, after, after I woke up, I uh, asked the doctor, too, because I'm going to get to it soon. Uh, there was this entity, a being, that I never saw her face, just glowing orbs, colors everywhere, all over the face. Beautiful voice. Mm. Her name was Amy. And it's wow. also three letters, which adds to this weird mystery. But when yeah. I asked the doctors and surgeons if there was an Amy looking over me uh, while I was out, they said, no, there hasn't been an Amy here that worked here for three years. So I'm like, what in the hell in this what? universe of three? That is fucking me. Mm, so <laughs> it's strange. Unreal. Yeah. So I arrived to this one place, the first one. And this one was basically like a temptation uh, test, I guess. Right. So for me, I walked through these little uh, dark little tunnel to this and 
all of a sudden it becomes like this whole 1920s vibe <sighs> temptation uh, for me. And the what alcohol. What type of temptation? Yeah. Oh, so libations yeah, yeah. of women, booze, and drugs? Yeah, yeah. And okay. I can tell it was 1920s. I was always obsessed with this in my life. I don't know why, at a very young age, too. Um, <laughs> these types of like uh, Italiano uh, places mm. and dealings, you know? Uh, but so I hear one other lady in, uh, screaming, like, get me the hell out of here. She was like stuck in a seat too, which was found odd too. Like, you know, if you want out, just, just walk on out. And then I realized that, no, she's, she's stuck here with me too, in a sense. And she's uh, not dealing with it. Like how I'm trying to deal with it. I don't know how to deal with this, of course, but I'm at least I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to take in as much as I can around it. And there, Wait, that's so important what you said. You, you you said she's not dealing with it. You're trying to deal with it. Like, yeah. do you think that the way people may may handle what happens when we pass? Like, I, I mean, maybe maybe when you pass, there's still some trials to overcome. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. This, I feel like this is like, it's like that all the time, you know? And uh, yeah. unfortunately, yeah, people can get stuck in that, that loop like we were talking about. And Damn. that could... Just, you know, if you can't crack that loop, then you're stuck in this whole mental loop where you our mind is our most powerful tool, right? It'll work against yeah. us if we don't work with it. Right. That's why we get anxiety attacks, panic attacks, all these things that can work against us. Mm. So I've had to deal with that my whole life after this, too. Those panic attacks, anxiety attacks lasted for six to seven years. <sighs> it was a daily basis and at the stroke of 6 p.m. every day. My um, heart would go through it. My mind would go through it. And I would put myself in this cataclysmic disorder and just going crazy with it but i, I want to get i want to get you back to these to yeah. these, the, these themes of temptation because these are very these are very worldwide common themes these temptations of of of, of people who are uh, outdwelling in 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 outer spaces and there's so so what happens after the talk to us about temptation and what comes and what comes next after this all right yeah so um, from that temptation room, I'm dealing with it, you know, and I'm getting offered left and right of drugs and alcohol there by the bartender. And, you know, yeah, normally I would want a, a beer or a brew on this one, but mm. since everything was just, you know, turned upside down on this one, I didn't want anything to do with that because I just went through hell already. <laughs> so I, I start to see, um, that orb, that lady, the entity thing that's just like full of color cannot see her face it's beautiful as hell with those colors and then to the left i see like this shadowy figure with long black hair and these black rubber gloves on and i can't see his face but it's dark shadowy textures out there mm. and so she she has this nice angelic voice of you know some sort of a being that's you know positive rather than dark and negative so i end up going to her it's like a beautiful door too she's telling me you know it's okay be come over here It'll be all right. Uh, just follow me, follow my voice. So I was like, okay, that's yeah, like the most, uh, you know, nicest clue I've had so far. So I'll wow. go to that. And then it's like, you're, that, in a yeah. it's like you're in a maze of the underworld. Uh, I, oh, I want to yeah. just, I, I, I want you to clarify for audiences because so many people talk about like this space feels realer than real. Like, did you, were you able to tell that like this, this didn't have the general characteristics of a dream or a, or a hazy, like sleep thing? You, 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 can you talk to us about your senses? Yeah, I could, I could feel, feel very real? and act upon uh, all my decisions here. This wasn't like a dream where you, you know, okay you know it and you can understand it that you know you're moving slower or anything this was uh this was like it was real to me in every sense i can feel uh i can uh talk and i can think with my own conscious here and wow. i wasn't moving at light you know light speeds per second you know when we were in our dreams we we're going so fast or so slow this was at that common pace that we're living and breathing right now Wow. So. <laughs> and you would describe this place, if you gave it a name, you would say, I'm in limbo. That's what yeah. it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's a passing of souls, you know? Prerogatory, limbo. Yeah. Uh, prerogatory. Uh, yeah. Purgatory. Yeah. Exactly. That one. Purgatory. That's <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Definitely uh, there. So you follow this this deity, this feminine deity, uh, or whatever it is. Uh, mm -hmm. what, what happens then? So this is where I go through, um, what was it? The positive. Uh, it's the wolf, yeah. The positive side of like my life, uh, things I've done well. This is why I was so. That first room was like temptations. It was just like the medium 
I feel like a test, right? Mm. Um, when I woke up, I, that's what I, I gathered from it. But so it this one was like, yeah, trials and tribulations. I was, I was faced with three kind of death door here, you know? So this next one was like just, um, kind of flashbacks, I guess, too, and living and going through it and, um, watching myself, uh, doing good things, uh, good acts of kindness, you know, helping people out, not just myself, uh, the memories that I've made and it, it like started to bring like tears to me, you know, cause I had missed those, uh, memories. It was very, I was very fond of it, yeah. but I just felt like I was, it wasn't my time to just pass on yet, which is why this I felt is, like I was stuck in this limbo. This is the, 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 what's called the, the life review that so many people talk yeah. about, uh, you know, it, with, when they have like, uh, I went through it know, fully too. It doesn't, whew. Yeah. What do you, what do you think that is? It's like, I mean, so many people think that like, you know, we're put here for a reason and maybe even like our, our, our soul sort of choose the, the path for our best growth. And it's like, when we're done, it's like, okay, like after, after action combat, you know what I mean? What mm-hmm. went wrong? What went right? How did we do? Uh, yeah. Summary <laughs> report, right? Right. It's like the right. judgment day of, of, uh, you know, your soul, your, your life, your, your force. Wow. So that's what I kind of gathered from this too. And usually, yeah, people, uh, they, you know, from some of the stories, they end up like kind of blanking out from all these things. But for some reason, my, my body was so like shell shocked from what I went through the trauma out of millions of people. I was left with this body that was being worked on in a, in an odd fashion that just still wasn't, um, it's still not even in the norms today, too, because that you know I'm the still the youngest in America that went through an aortic dissection like that. So, uh, you know, what I went through really uh, traumatized my body so much that, like I said, I was on six years of bed rest. Like that, the cabin fever I had to go through, unreal. Oh my god! I yeah. remember you telling me you said I remember everything about you know when I was and I was like I want to know everything yeah. about it. So so now after you have this sort of life review, what what's the third step? What's the third thing? This is where it gets a little more like dicier again cuz I had got they gave me or whatever gave me uh that little sweet spot, you know, to cheer me up and make me think, I guess, and uh whether I want to pass on or if it is even in my power to pass on. So the next part is where I was going through the negative of my life. And I, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. a saint. I, when I was young, this is why I joined the military too. I needed discipline. I was uh, committing uh, a lot of uh, burglaries, uh, GTA, grand larceny. I was almost facing three to five years in jail for some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I end up joining the military and uh, doing my service through that and trying to better myself uh, instead of going down a dark path. So, you know, I, I had to learn a different way. I love, and you know, my, my parents were always there for me, really good family I had. So this was, you know, of all my own natural doing, you know, so I had to get that discipline, my own self and find it, my own self. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was not going to be babied into this one for once, you know, no one's <laughs> holding my hand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the negativity on this one. Yeah. I, I, I saw everything that I went through and I even, my body whatever the the orb that i was in mind you i was not in a full body throughout any of this too which great really bothered okay, me. great that was just my question is like what do you look like in this realm yeah mm-hmm. no i was some type of circular bubble of color too oh, not wow. fully like that amy lady but mm-hmm. i was glowing in a sense too and radiating uh still full of life while other people had this dark you know like dark imagery uh you know, going on just seemed foul, but I guess, you know, it's what we do. The choice is out here too. I don't know how many levels to this world and how many other are after it, but I do know like you got to love yourself. Self-care is great too. And also, you know, it doesn't hurt yourself to actually help out other people too. You know, mm. we mm. don't have to live these uh, lives of violence all the time. If it's good that you can get out of it. Sure. You know, please, you know, give it your own uh, best shot too. Or even hmm. solitude beyond violence, Something. just like living, like yeah. being acts of service are things that fill our fill our souls. Oh yeah, yeah. For lack of a better term, with light is what it seems like you're saying. Yeah, yeah. You can live um, a quaint life too. It's good. 
Newton, I have a question. Was this was this sort of female entity or energy? Was she your host in this third sort of uh, review, the the negative review, or or did was she that same sort of patron in that in that? Scene? I feel like it was like a guardian, you know. Right. Maybe right. I knew her from a different past life or something, or maybe she was connected to me on the other side and watching over me. I have no idea on that, but she definitely wanted to take care of me and it seemed like she was pretty adamant about that did you feel like you ever met your creator no that that was uh, right after the final room after the negative uh stuff that i had to overcome and see and take in into my head uh so i arrive after that again that dark figure too at the third room was there and amy was there too in the glowing door so I followed that one yet again. Felt like I was making good decisions finally. Yeah, right, and, right. Yeah. Important to say. The Egyptians oh, talk yeah. about this. This is the trial of the underworld. There are gates yeah. to pass and there are locks to turn. Oh, yeah. Oof. So um, at this, after I leave that, that final room, um, I'm and how heading long, down. How, this, sorry, how long hmm. were you in that room? You keep saying, or you said that the, it felt like weeks. Five, you, five to six weeks throughout all that stuff, too. I got to know some beings there but some of it faded in and out too this is like i can only remember certain parts that really struck me in the gut and in the head that mm-hmm. i took in fully you know those impactful moments other the other b-list characters you know they were there too but it didn't uh, hit me and resonate or didn't hold true to that with the the clues and everything i could uh, gather so you're spending in time the in these rooms it's not just like okay here's a two minute movie of the bad things you did no yeah you're no, spending was, some some time there it was Damn. dark and gritty yeah it's full on so i had to deal with it and uh live it and roll out your sleeping you're bag. Reliving yeah, I, I thought i was gonna be stuck in these uh, situations yeah. and this realm for quite more time too and it's must, you reliving it not just watching it play in front of your your eyes Right. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. This is me full on uh, having to interact with it, touch, feel. I could still feel too. I did the whole, you know, uh, pinching myself too, and I'm and I'm pinching. I guess like my light, which was even weirder too. And I was like, right, 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 right. I'm going for it. Yeah. Yeah. Everything felt a little more extreme too, uh, more than what we feel out here, but it felt. Like we were more in touch with ourselves uh, out without, there too, without the limitations of the physical. Yeah, yeah, because we can't always control ourselves here, and you know, we only use twenty percent of our brain the entire time too. When we have access to a hundred, but we can only do twenty percent out there. I, I had access to everything, which wow, was like whoa. all of a sudden I was yeah I was I was I was playing it. I was playing chess out here, not checkers <sighs> out in uh, on Earth. Oh my god. <laughs> So you survive so, the weeks-long ordeal of the yeah. third room, yeah. and you follow Amy through a door of light. What's on yeah, the other side of that she door? She disappeared right after through that. Um, and this was like some weird, dark corridor tunnel with some light at the end of it, too. Not exactly the blissful light that we all talk about and want to know about down here, but nevertheless, it was like a lot of bodies and souls in a line. There might have been other lines too, but on this one that I was on, I, that's what I knew and I took in. And as I approached the front of it, there was like this box glowing with like a, a white light. It was all, it was in a square uh, box and it looked mm. beautiful too, but it also had like a dark texture on all uh, sides of it with uh, those white striped lights on it. And I sit on that and in front of me, there's like this podium type of thing. And I felt like this was like, the actual judgment time, you know, like uh, the oh bringer gosh, of all. Yeah. And I can't really see this person's face either um, or whatever the hell that was. Uh, but mm-hmm. I tried to make out some like final words for this, um, asking the questions of, you know, what is the purpose and what is the meaning to all this, those, you know, what we all kind of wake up with uh, every once in a while, sure. asking what's the purposes on, you know, earth. So, he says something, 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 scrambled something. And, you know, I guess since I was still uh, being judged or being sent back down, it was not my time to cross. And it's just probably too intense and potent for my uh, 
earthly body and soul still, you know, mm. it's not my time yet, which, which I was, which what I was gathering. And from that point on, I did, you know, I heard like a gavel go down and I sunk into this box that I was sitting on and I fell through it. And that's where I was going like a thousand miles per hour, oh my rushing God. through air, wind and everything. I could feel it. It was loud as fuck ripping through my ears. Um, and I feel like finger, little fingertips, like holding my body all across and down while I'm falling Whoa. through the sky. Whoa. And then all of a sudden I land into my body. A doctor's pulling three cords out of my uh, stomach, which is for the nutrients that I was in that rotating bed to keep my body uh, with the blood flow and nutrients, you know, going. So yeah. I don't rot away like that. And yeah, I'm all of a sudden back in my body and I just acquired all this trip and knowledge and life force that I was dealing with on that other side. And it was so fresh in my my mind that it just stung me that I couldn't let go of it. And I didn't mm. want to let go of it too. I know a lot of people would be bothered by it too. But for me, this was this was almost like some strange turn on where I was just like, I want to know more. I want to know mm -hmm. what's out there, what I went through and has anyone else gone through it? The illusion of just the material plane and 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 the and the view of that we are just a, a bag of bones and that's it washed away. You it's knew, tough, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to put words in about, but you get a you get a yeah. sense you get a sense that more than a sense that oh my god, what they were saying was right all along. There's more to yeah. this life than just what we see. I mean, yeah, exactly. So I've, I've always wondered that too. A lot of people will say what, like, uh, you know, when we die, we just kind of just die and it's just black and nothing and that's it. But have you ever tried to think about your conscious right now abruptly ending and all the knowledge and information that you've gathered and your consciousness just abruptly ending? There is no before, there is no after. Everything that you acquired, what, it just terminates itself? Where does that go to? Because you were, we're all still living and still dealing with this consciousness, consciousness too. It doesn't, I, I feel it just doesn't end like that. It does mm. carry on. It's so powerful. Everything that you're thinking right now, all those neurons, all that activity that's connected to you, how does that just end like that? Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. Uh, Al, Al, we, <laughs> Alan Watts used to say, <laughs> we are on a data collection mission. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, and it's, and it's, and it's so true. Like, um, you know, that stuff doesn't just go away. That I, uh -huh. I think, I think, you know, that stuff does live on. And man, first yeah. of all, just I so many things running through my head. I guess <laughs> I'll start with, I just want to say, yeah. and I'll probably, you know, speak for all of us here. We thank you so much for your service, first and oh, foremost. Yeah. And then and then second, man, th thanks for sh sharing this with us. I, I, I asked you before, had you ever shared this story before? And I had never really heard you tell it, Newton. I mean, I know. I, I told you to sort of save it for the podcast. Luckily, yeah, yeah. <laughs> luckily here here we are. Yeah. But I'm I'm uh, you know I I I've, I've scanned some of the literature on near death experiences. But what you're talking about strikes a lot of the parallels of, of of what can be read in the vast literature that's out there on the subject. You know. Oh, exactly. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of people do have other stories too. They might be still afraid to even uh, show them too. Or you know, I did have like fear, like I told you about. Um, Oh, a few yeah. months ago uh, of actually saying this too, because I'm not trying to bother anyone with the uh, religious aspects or anything. Mind you, I didn't see any of that there. I just mm -hmm. saw a lot of beings and souls and stuff. Nothing that we've acquired on earth like that. We all kind of, I feel like right. end up in the same type of realm. We're all, we all bleed red. Yeah. Uh, at least down and, here. <laughs> and, ex and I mean, I feel like you're echoing some of the stuff that we've talked to some stuff that we've talked to with mediums in terms of like, you know, it's just another place that you walk into. It's another room. You know what I mean? The idea of like the other side is just this place that you go after you pass. Mm -hmm. And, but, but you could also, I could see if you wanted to look at what you were looking at through a biblical lens, you know, you have your limbos, you have your living hells, yeah. you have your angels, you have your demons, you have your judgment by St. Peter. It may not look yeah the same iconography that we grew up with, with like feathered wing yeah. entities and a, and a man with a long white beard, but it all had the same sort of impact. So it's a matter of interpretation as well, right? Exactly. Yeah. See, I've studied a lot of religions too, and they all kind of have similar, you know, things with all that too. Obviously, you know, a little different here and there, but mm -hmm. they're all in 
and it's because we're spread out all across the world too. So every type of religion has impacted that uh, land and they have been guidelines for so long too, you know, they've become rules before we had, uh, you know, police and government and all that. So we've all lived like that for thousands upon thousands of years, you know, apparently we're what, 40,000 years going strong uh, on this earth. So who knows what was before, you know, uh, the time of 4000 BC, you know, we still have yet to uncover most of that too. They just found uh, another body in England. Uh, it was like a 43 year old, 43,000 year old man that yeah. had some type of arrow shot through his skull too, but they dialed yeah. it back to 43,000 years ago. Yeah, and this guy was like 65 years old, living a good life. History's up for grabs, man. You know, there's so much more to the human story than what we're taught in our school. More ways than one. Uh, Newton, I I had to do a little Google when you Mm -hmm. talked about Amy. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard this term. uh, There's something called the Lesser Key of Solomon, Mm. which is this demonology grimoire from the mid 17th century. Nobody knows who, uh, it's an anonymous author, but it's been like reinterpreted. Legendary time. Yes. This is where there's like lists of like all the presidents and dukes and demons of hell and all this stuff. And they all have like really cool, like, you know, sort of medieval looking like this is a guy Mm -hmm. who's riding on like a two headed donkey. And this is a guy riding on a spider. (laughs) Um, But there is a fallen angel in the Lesser Key of Solomon, whose name is Amy. <coughs> All right. And what Amy is, is described as one of the presidents, appearing initially as a flame before mm. turning into a human form. Now, they genderize Amy as a he, but that doesn't necessarily mean one yeah, thing or another. Exactly. He is claimed to teach astronomy, liberal arts, give familiars, so your, your animals or your buddies, <laughs> incite positive reactions from rulers, and reveal treasures. Hmm. Also, according to all sources, he rules over 36 legions of demons. Uh, He was both in the order of angels. Uh, He was also in the order of angels and, and, uh, and powers and holds the futile hope of returning to the seventh heaven after 12 centuries. So So, he could be living out a term too, like Constantine. mm -hmm. Yeah, a positive, a positive force that is down in the lower circles, maybe limbo, close to hell, maybe trying to do some help for you. I mean, just the idea of like, here we go, appearing initially as a flame. Well, what's a flame and what's a bunch of glowing orbs? You know, it's again, a matter of interpretation. It's there. I don't know if this is what you encountered, but it is funny that I was like, well, there you go. There's literally a demon named Amy who's a fallen angel in the the lesser key of songs. So there's some clues out there. I don't know. The servants like that, I mean, I feel like they, if they're in that, that realm that I was in, they, you know, they kind of serve as that medium, that passageway where they're probably serving if they are, right? Both uh, well, good and evil, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, and I, and I, I, wanted, I wanted to jump in there and say, hey, yeah. don't be distracted by the polarity of good, evil, God, devil, fallen yeah. angel, yeah. uh, guardian angel. We're all talking about a whole. These are just divisions of the whole. And so... Uh, yeah, Michael, you pointing that out is so astute because, yeah, there are these patrons that guide our souls to uh, wherever, although thankfully for Newton and, and they for can't us, be biased, it wasn't his time. You, you know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's can't. right. We're, we're the one that puts bias on, yeah, on good unfortunately. and evil and, yeah. and, and, and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, exactly. God, if it has Wild to come down stuff. to that, the weighing of uh, a soul on the scales, you know, I was born a Libra too. So I studied that very young and I know everyone kind of hates Libras or they don't know anything about it. I'm a Libra. It happens. I'm October 21st. I'm on the tail end. I'm on the tail end. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Nine divisible by three, three times three is nine. (laughs) There you go. Well, you know, I'll just kind of end here. Science is starting to kind of catch up with this idea that there's more to just uh, these near-death experiences than just mm. uh, neural firing. Uh, there was a uh, Atlantic article in the 2015 issue called The Science of Near-Death Experiences, Empirically Investigating Brushes with the Afterlife by uh, Gideon Lickfield. And uh, at the end, 
It says written accounts of near-death experiences or things that sound like them date back at least to the Middle Ages and some researchers say to ancient times. The medical journal Resuscitation recently published a brief account of the oldest known medical description of an NDE or near-death experience written by an 18th century French military doctor. But the modern era of research into near-death experiences is generally said to have begun in 1975 after Raymond A. Moody Jr., a philosopher-turned-psychiatrist, published his masterpiece Life After Life, a book based on interviews with some 50 experiencers, a book I highly recommend not only for myself, but for perhaps you, the dear listener. Thank you, Newton. We appreciate the hell out of you, man. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me on the show. It's been a delight. And I wanted to always get out my you know story in my life. Uh, and I'm just honored to be here, too. Mm. And to be alive. Hell yeah. yeah we are that, too. We're thankful that you are alive. That's the energy I, I, I got from Newton, by the way, was just like, this fucking dude is just so happy to be breathing. I got to know him. <laughs> I guess that, I guess I'd like to ask one last question, mm-hmm. which, which ties into that is what did you take from that whole experience over there that, that you feel like you can apply on a day-to-day basis? Well, so for me, um, every day has actually been a blessing. Uh, I wake up feeling amazing, and I don't, uh, I don't piss away any of any anything that comes at me. You know, uh, I won't uh, just say no to anything. I'm more of a yes man with you know some some restraints, of course. But uh, I like to meet people more out there now, and I will talk to a lot of uh, younger folk too that are going through problems too. Because I was there; I hit rock bottom. It was not pretty. And if there are any young listeners out there where you've had a uh, terrible issues dealing with life, you know, or you're having debt problems, whatever it is, uh, family problems, don't ever give up to keep fighting that fight and things will get better. If you hit your rock bottom already, things are only on the up from here. Hell yeah, man. Beautiful. It's those dark places that we're going to find the jewel. Exactly. <sighs> Newton, are you on Instagram? Is there any place you want to let uh, our listeners know that they can follow you? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I do a lot of uh, gaffing, lighting, camera work, and I've DP'd a few music videos and a short film as well. Um, I'm always busy with that. Got a few projects coming up. Love it. And that actually pushed me too to pursue my career instead of uh, running away from it. Uh, so my Instagram handle is cine.ward. That's cine.ward. Great. Check love it, it out. Love it. Awesome, See, Michael, man. we didn't we didn't need a high strangeness story. We, <laughs> we, we really certainly didn't. did you not. Were right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that uh, was strange. Doesn't I mean you're right, but it doesn't feel intentional, but you're correct. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I, I got through all of high school. <laughs> he still didn't read the calendar correctly. I will say that for the record. <laughs> uh, well, I guess this is where I wrap it up on Oops All Bryce. Thank you so much for listening to the Bigfoot Collectors Club. You know what we're gonna say now. Find us on Cameo, find us on our socials, go to that excellent link link tree that Michael created on our Instagram. It has all of our stuff uh we want to thank our very special guest newton ward and we want to thank you the listener and as we always and bryce this- bryce may i may i may oh. i sir may i say something sir i'll allow it Okay, great, because we have a live show coming up in just a few days from now. Uh, Everybody, go to popsylounge.com Friday, December 9th at 9 p.m. Eastern. We're doing our live show. Uh, Betsy Sodaro is going to be there. Sun Eaters will be playing. There will be some surprises. Uh, You can meet and greet me or Bryce, or Riley after the show if you get a limited VIP pass. Check out all that information. Mm -hmm. All of that is available on our Instagram in that link tree that uh, Bryce talked about. You watch from home. You put on your your holiday pajamas. You get comfortable with a hot cup of cocoa. You can stream it wherever you're sitting. Uh, PopsyLounge.com for tickets. Check it out. Friday, December 9th, the BCC holiday live stream show. You're not going to want to miss it. 9 p.m. Eastern. There it is. Go get your tickets. Okay, boys, here we go. We're going to end this. And when I say goodnight, and when I say and, Newton, Riley, and Michael, you're going to say go get regress. So thank you, goodnight, and go get regress. Go get regress.
Nailed it. Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray and Michael McMillan and scored and engineered by Riley Bray. Our theme song, Come Alone, is by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. Do us a favor and support the show and unlock three bonus episodes every month by becoming a member of our Patreon, BCC The Other Side, which can be found at patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.